Learning about your birth chart can be one of the most freeing things, like dating aside or not, you get to really be like, wow, this is just how I was born. And this is the dice that the universe rolled for me and I'm going to make it work for me. You are such a Welcome back to your Such a Catch. I'm Erin, your favorite single gal living in the beautiful Los Angeles, California. Uh, you guys, I had a really funny one this week. I had a guy, so my card is disabled on Tinder, by the way, just because I don't know, Tinder and I are like oil and water. Is that the right saying? I just watched uh, <laughs> I just watched Portia on The Real Housewives of Atlanta goof that saying up. But anyways, um, he, we matched in 2018. I kid you not. And neither of us messaged each other until this week in which he decided to reach out and say, hey, trouble. Like, are you kidding me? It's 2020, dude. Where you been? Ah, you guys, the struggle is real, but ah, makes for a good story. Today, I want to give a shout out to Wayne. I like to refer to him as Make It Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> so Wayne is a patron of mine. He has subscribed to your Such a Catch Unfiltered, uh, where you get access to bonus episodes, blog posts, and so much more. Uh, but my funny story about Wayne is uh, when I met Wayne for the first time. So I know Wayne from my former corporate job, and um, he came to visit California, and it was... You know, we, we used to have this great office environment where we would do beach volleyball on Wednesdays and beach yoga on Thursdays. And I mean, Aaron and I would leave the office whenever we wanted to go down to Shellback and Rico would pour us a couple shots. And then we may or may not come back. We did a lot of demos, a little bit tipsy. <laughs> but how we were effective. But the very first time I met Wayne, we had gone to beach volleyball and then after beach volleyball, we went to Shellback. And I don't know if I didn't eat that day. I don't know what was going on. But anyways, if you can imagine, we went and played beach volleyball, then we go to the bar and Wayne likes a shot of fireball. And so we had several shots of fireball. I mean, there was a big group of us, um, but it got towards the end of the night and ooh, it just was not sitting right with me. So you know, not to get too graphic, but I may or may not have puked <laughs> off the Manhattan Beach beer. Uh, yeah, not one of my proudest moments, and especially in front of an executive. So I fully woke up that next morning and thought to myself, okay, Erin, you're going to lose your job today. Deep breath, like you did this to yourself. And I showed up to that office and instead of losing my job, I was like a hero. <laughs> So, Wayne, I love you. Thank you so much for supporting me, whether I'm crushing and slinging SEO and SEM or I'm over here living my best um, talking about dating and relationships. I appreciate you. If anybody else wants to become members only, hop on over to my website, yoursuchacatch.com backslash unfiltered and make your pledge today. Uh, also, follow me on social media at You're Such a Catch. Um, I'm up to all sorts of shenanigans all the time, so please do that. Even in COVID times, I mean, I'm out there, uh, and so are my uh, boobs. <laughs> 
if you saw me on Halloween. I was Marilyn and uh, second year in a row, it was like Marilyn 2.0, but you know what? I miss my mark. I should have been living in that time. I love that flowy, like soft hair. I love like the style. Oh, it just, well, the struggle is real. I, I would have been, I mean, I'm not even a lady. I would have been, would I have been a lady? I don't know. But anyways, I digress. Um, how easily <laughs> I can go off on a tangent. Today, I am so excited to share with you this episode. If you are like me and you know nothing about astrology, but you want to, and sometimes it's like a foreign language, I'll be talking to somebody and all of a sudden they'll be like, well, you know, Mercury is in Gatorade and um, it's in the fourth house and the fifth stone to the right or whatever. And I'm like, what? You guys. Rachel Rose is amazing. She breaks it down for us. She is a spiritual transformation coach who is also a Reiki healer. She is a meditation teacher and, drumroll, she can read tarot cards. Okay, stop it right here. But she is going to give us the lowdown and the layman's terms of astrology. She is going to teach us what we need to know to give us this basic knowledge so that we understand when somebody is having that conversation with us, okay? And she's gonna give us tips on how to use it with dating. Let's start with Mercury retrograde, which is so like, we just experienced it right now. So Mercury is, along with the other planets, it's got its own energy. It's got its own kind of theme. So for Mercury, it's about communication. So this is why people really fear Mercury in retrograde because communication on all levels just gets completely turned upside down. We didn't even, we were about to not record this session. Yes, I mean, mean, this is wild. You can't make this shit up. Like this just happened. Yeah. I know people are like, oh, you know, what are you talking about? When I say that at my full-time job, they're just like, it's very sure you're just strange. I said, oh, am I? You'll notice that your bus is late, your train's cancelled, your flight's been cancelled, you have a your block with your Your trip to Bath friend. has been cancelled. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. You'll have a fight with a friend because the communication is off because you're WhatsApping and you're like, I don't like the way you said that. And they completely didn't mean to say it that way. Lots of fights happen, particularly in Mercury Retrograde. So it is just a strange time. Stay indoors if you can. (laughs) Really? Okay, so let me ask you this. So if you're on like dating apps and you're trying to meet somebody during Mercury and retrograde, like is is that like a terrible time to just be putting yourself out there? It's not great. It depends on what all the other planets are doing. At the moment, I probably would go back to my point and say it's not great because Mars is also in retrograde. So Mars is the angry planet. It's quite a hot-headed, fire-energy planet. So the fact it's in retrograde in Aries is just like, first of all, all of the Aries people are really amplified. They may feel even more impatient than normal. And so it's doubled with the Mercury retrograde. Like it's just not a great time for communicating how you feel. If you are going to date, keep it light. Don't take anything personal. People might ghost for a bit because they're dealing with all their emotions because of, again, all the different planets with their healing energies and things really coming into light, this big global awakening. So don't take anything personally at the moment. Give everyone a blag, throw them a bone a bit because it's just really difficult for everyone. Everyone's trying to manage their emotions. So yes, 
Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I'm like so many things. My wheels are turning. Okay. So everybody has a sign. Yeah, exactly. It, right. Okay. So for someone like myself who, like I mentioned, I only know my own sign and I only know <laughs> like the characteristics of myself. Like mm-hmm. what is a good way to start learning what each sign means and also okay. like what you're compatible with? Mm-hmm. Right. So first let's talk about like, I guess the elements. Ooh, so okay. mm-hmm. there are four main elements. So you've got your earth signs, water sign, fire sign and air sign. So typically earth signs are quite grounded practical. They like rules. Aspergos love rules. We love a list. We're organized until we, <laughs> we lose our... We do love a list. <laughs> exactly. I wake up and do a list like, and my partner's just like, what are you doing? It's like, no, no, I need a list for the day. 10 things. Yeah. yeah. But and organized, but and you know, sometimes it kind of is a bit polarized. Like sometimes someone is super mega organized and then there's me who's a Virgo and I'm just not the traditional color-coded wardrobe. That's not me. Me neither. Yeah. It's weird, isn't no. it? People say, like, oh, you're so organized. It's like, mm, okay, all my socks are odd. I've lost half of them, but all right. But in another area in our lives, we're probably not. <laughs> That's not your fault. That's the dryer. Yeah, exactly. The dryer stole them. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably under the bed somewhere. I don't know. Um, yeah, right? <laughs> so earth signs. Then we've got water. So water signs are traditionally quite emotional beings. Because if you think about water flowing, crying, it's all being in touch with your emotions. So then we move on to fire, which is, for example, our mutual friend Cash. She is on the cusp, actually, of Virgo and Leo, but she does have that fire. So if you think about her kind of explosive personality, that is the emblem of what a fire sign is. They're Mm. here, they're in charge, they're leaders, they're front stage. So that's the fire sign element. And then you've got the air signs. So air signs are, you kind of really want to be their friend. They're normally very creative. They don't take anything too seriously. They're just like, yeah, come on, lighten up. It's all going to be okay. And they're very changeable as well. Like they are not going to be in the same place this time next year, most likely. And they like things to keep, to be, I guess, fresh and exciting most of the time. So those are your elements. Got it. Okay. Okay. We can go through the whole, all the different signs, and then we can really hone down on the characteristics. Okay, I love this. Yes. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm like, oh, yeah. I love it. I love that you're so keen on this. Like, this is, um, I'm obsessed. Astrology is, is going to change your life. So Aries, so let's start with Aries. Let's first start with their compatible signs, right? Because we want to know what's going to be a good match for everyone. So they really do good with Geminis. Leos, Sagittariuses, and Aquariuses. And we'll see why in their like qualities. They're least compatible. We're talking about Cancerians, Capricorns, Pisces, Virgo, and Scorpio. So quite a lot of not good matches. Ooh. This is because <laughs> it's because Aries is such a confident, passionate sign. Like these are the people that are just very impatient with anyone else who's not on their level. You've got to do things as quickly as them. They have borderline Leo energy where it's like, I know I'm the best. I know my business. I know my niche and I want people to be on board. So if you look back at the kind of signs that are compatible, then Gemini, who's like, yeah, let's just go with it. Leo, again, is also that kind of I'm on board, I'm fiery energy. So that's a really good match. Sagittarius is another fire sign. So again, that's another good match. And then we've got Aquarius, which is air as well. So it all makes sense. It's all about the elements. It's all nature's way of putting us together. 
Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. And for somebody like myself who knows nothing, like this is happening all around me and I'm just like oblivious to it. So to kind of like open my eyes and and have a bit of an understanding here, I feel like it could be a total game changer. Yeah. And these are just the signs. Like when we deep dive, you're really going to know who you are more than you've ever known yourself, really. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So then we got Taurus, which is another earth sign. So one of us, super reliable, loves luxurious things. Like Taurus people love the good things in life, good food, traveling. They're really stable as well. If you've got a Taurian lover, partner, it's going to be quite hard to get rid of them because they're here for the long run. So it's a really good sign to pair up with if it's a match. So Capricorn, Virgo, Cancer and Scorpio are all great matches. Not so great a match are Leos and Aquariuses. Now this is because, again, Leo want to be center stage. They may not want to be home all the time with a Taurus, whereas a Taurus person is like, I'm making the table, making my home like a nice familiar place. And a Leo is, is out there doing exciting things. So it might be a bit of a clash. And Aquarius, again, is another clash because often air signs, the whole chart is important, but I would avoid. If you're an earth sign, try and avoid air signs because it's like we're trying to catch them. And because they're air, we can't. They're just trying to get oh, away. Uh-huh. We get frustrated and then we're just like, okay, I can't deal with this. They're just not a good fit for us. They're not going to bring out the best okay. in us. Then we've got Gemini. So Gemini is quite a political or controversial sign because it's got the bad rep of being two-faced. That is like, if you hear one say, oh, Gemini, oh, I know that they're going to be one way one day and then another, another day. It's really a shame because they are so sociable and so communicative and open. It's really easy to get caught up in the energy of a Gemini. They just kind of scoop you in. And my dad was a Gemini. Okay. And did that with my mom. And then I was created. So they, (laughs) (laughs) it's just proof. (laughs) That they are charmers, really they are. But the inconsistency is true about Geminis, right? And it's more of a mood change that's not really apparent to the other person. So they can decide in private in their head, oh, I don't like that, don't like that, add it up. And then suddenly to the outside world, they're like, I don't like this, let's cut it. But internally for them, it was always a gradual kind of breakdown just nobody was aware of this thought process happening. Okay. So if you're dating somebody who's a Gemini and you're aware of that, like, is there a way that you can communicate better? Because it all kind of comes back to communication, right? Exactly. Exactly. So just kind of understanding and adapting to their ways. Mm -hmm. I think if you're with a Gemini, just maybe establish the communication grounds from the jump and just say, I personally love to be open and transparent, like ruthlessly. So what about you? And then just keep that open and maybe just keep checking in in a way that is diplomatic, in a way that's not just like, oh, hello, I'm your mom. Are you okay? Is everything okay? (laughs) They hate that. They hate that. Oh, okay. They don't want to be contained. They're air. They're just they want to be free. So it's going to be be in a way that lets them know that they're still free, but you're just checking in to see everything's all right. So it's like, can they get a whiff of like insecurity? Uh Even 5%, they get nervous. You've got to be quite solid because they see your insecurity as um, kind of a threat to their independence. If you're a bit insecure, you're going to come and try and contain me and I'm air. 
I want to be free. So mm-hmm. yeah, you it's it's a tricky sign. I'm not going to lie. I found it personally quite a difficult sign to try and be in a romantic relationship with. But one of my best friends is Gemini. So we're talking about compatibility and love, but with friendship, it's a different ballgame. So yeah, so their compatible signs would be Aries. So that's another fire sign. Again, we talked about Aries being independent. So perfect. You're not going to try and take over my world because you're obsessed with your life. Fantastic. And we'll just come together and we rule the kingdom together. Leo, same energy. Libra, both air. Aquarius, air again. So it's all about the elements, like I was saying before. And Virgo is, is just not good for, like I said, Gemini. Neither is Pisces. Pisces, when we get to it, Pisces is coming soon. It's such a how do I explain this? Like it's a sign that's just like in love with love. That's why I love to explain Pisces. They are very emotional creatures and really sensitive. So they can't deal with someone who is hot one day and cold the other day. They're just uh-huh. like, this is not how the love story goes. Fix it. Oh. <laughs> so they can't come. So do you think people who are Pisces or men that are Pisces might be somebody who's more apt to be looking for a long-term relationship or does it not work like that? It's just any sort of love, short love, whatever. I would say if we looked solely on the star sign, kind of any kind of love. Okay. If they're just, they love the idea of it, but then if their chart says something else, then you've got a different type of Pisces. Got it. Yet there's so many different elements, but ideally like a Pisces person would just want everything to be rose tinted. They'd give everything to a relationship. They want to embody it. So yeah, they they are like the walking, talking romantic humans of our planet and on the zodiac which is beautiful but sometimes in the wrong hands they don't do so well right so then we got cancer so my partner's a cancer I love cancerian men I think they are really beautiful nurturing great match for Virgos any Virgos out there because they are super sensitive if not the most sensitive in the whole zodiac and we are too right we're Virgos are strong people but we are very overcritical. We consciously have to make an effort to not, you know what I mean? Like not like be too critical of ourselves, overthink. And Cancerians are very careful not to hurt your feelings. And Virgos, we're sensitive and we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings either. So there's that harmonious blend. And then Cancerians Mm -hmm. check in all the time. You okay? Everything all right? Did I do something? We like that. We like that attention to detail. So right. I love him. So it's a, it's it took many years, but Oh my gosh. So let me ask you this. So when you were, you know, single and you were looking for a partner, were yeah. you paying very close attention to someone's birth date? And if it wasn't disclosed on an app, how are you going about asking so you get the information that you need? <laughs> Right. So it took me a while to finally start thinking, actually, I need to look at astrology. When I looked at my own chart, I was like, as you guys say, holy cow, I've got to find out what whoever I'm dating's full chart, right? So do a thing. So there wasn't, so Bumble is where we met, but Bumble only started doing astrology as part of the whole profile setup quite like recently, maybe like late 2019. Before that, you just had to guess and hope that someone wasn't going to send you an eggplant emoji. <laughs> I like to refer to it as junk mail. <laughs> yes, junk mail <laughs> and advertise things that you didn't ask to be advertised. Like, 
Yeah. So it would just normally be me and going up to someone and casually starting with, oh, I love star signs. And what's yours? Blah, 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 blah. And then when I, when I got really creepy and really obsessed with, okay, I've got to compare this every single time I meet someone. I was like, can I just have your date of birth, place of birth, time of birth? And of course, that's like the worst thing you could do. Like when you get super into it, you do get a bit obsessed and you realize that not everyone is like you. So I had someone block me when I tried to do that. They were just like, oh, really? Why (laughs) why did she want this? Right? Okay. That gets a little confusing to me then, though, the the birth chart part. So did we get through all the signs, by the way? We got a few signs, but we can always come back or I can refer to them when we look through the planets. You'll get the energy from there. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Because jump into this birth chart because yes. that has recently come up in a couple conversations. Mm-hmm. I did go online. I, I asked my mom at first. She gave me the wrong birth time. And so <laughs> I was like, okay, mom. And then and then she, she provided the correct one. So I know it by heart now. So it was 2.02 a.m. Perfect. And but then when I got the thing, when I got my results, then I was so confused again because mm-hmm. the sun is this. Actually, I have it. My son is the Virgo, right? Like you probably knew that, right? Because I have no idea what this means. I don't know why. (laughs) I should just shut up and let you go. But I'm like, what does this mean? The moon, all these different signs. And I have a lot of Libra in Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Okay. So break it down for me. Right. So in your chart, like you said, there are planets and there's also houses. And on top of the planets, just to make it even more interesting, you've got celestial bodies and you've also got a beautiful asteroid in there as well, just to, just for jokes. A beautiful (laughs) asteroid. I like the sound of this. Okay. (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) Fine. So all the planets, like there's nothing new in terms of what planets are in there. They're the planets in our solar system. So your sun is what people call your star sign. That's essentially who you are. Probably the the identity you most embody or you feel you could identify the most with. And then you've got the moon. So moon is like how you instinctively deal with things emotionally. So my moon is in Aries, for example. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, like one of the worst traits of Aries is like impatience. I <laughs> am working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> It's bad. Well, being aware is step one, right? Step one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's interesting. Okay, so my moon is a Sagittarius. What what does that mean? So Sagittarius's moon. So Sagittarius's are known to just say it like it is. Very transparent communication. Interesting. Sometimes tactless. You may say things at the wrong time, but they're great. They're, again, really sociable. So optimistic, like, if Sagittarius is your emotional style, then again, quite impatient, not as impatient as an Aries, but hot tempered when you something goes not quite your way, but super adventurous, really optimistic. You don't really like to hold a grudge forever. You'd rather just move on to the happy side. There's no point. Let's move on. And, you know, have you have that fiery energy, but again, it's not so much towards the Leo sign, which is again, more of a center stage kind of personality. So it's a strong moon. It's a strong sign to have in the moon. So yeah, really good. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Would you say that was correct? Yeah. The one thing I don't think I'm very much of is direct. I okay. Maybe like, I think as I get older and as I like learn myself more and I understand that 
being more direct is actually a better way to communicate than mm-hmm. to kind of like beat around the bush or sugarcoat something. I, I feel like I, I try to be, but it kind of goes back to that trait of a Virgo where we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And also we kind of like want everybody to like us, I feel like. So I think I would get confused kind of between the two. Yeah. Not wanting to hurt somebody's feelings, but also wanting to kind of like speak my truth. But I'm definitely better than I was when I was younger. (laughs) And the thing is, it's like we get so caught up in the analyzing. So like you said, like, oh, you're like, oh, but and then meanwhile, the conversation's gone. The moment's gone. We can't stand up for what we believe in. (laughs) Oh, for sure. And I, I know there's times where like that is actually happening right in front of me. And someone will actually ask me like, you're checked out. Like, where did you go? And I'm like, no, I'm here. Like my mind was spinning a thousand miles a minute. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to like process and come back with my rebuttal or whatever. So I didn't leave the conversation. (laughs) I just had a moment with myself. Exactly. And that, because you said you've got a lot of Libra, right? I do. Yeah. So Librans are known for that. Like, like Libras are known to be quite indecisive. Okay. And I'm the epitome of indecisiveness. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If it's a strong trait or you've got like strong zodiac signs in your, in your chart that aren't necessarily your star sign, you kind of embody a lot of that sign. Interesting. Yeah, because Virgo actually does not come up again. So for Mercury, Venus, Mm -hmm. Jupiter, and Saturn, and Pluto are all Libra. Crazy. Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing, though. That's amazing. But now, now that we're going through this, you'll really know what to look out for. You definitely will. Yeah, Definitely okay, keep well. going. So so what is right. Mercury presenting to or that sign? Right, so Mercury is communication. So Mercury retrograde is all about communication gone upside down. So if, do, what's your sign in, in Mercury? Is that also Libra? It, it's also Libra, yeah. So balanced, you think things through, you're not going to rush in and say loads of things. You think methodically about what you want to say. And uh, yeah, you're not someone to really talk over everybody or no, you're, you're like, okay, my turn, your turn. You're, it's quite a methodical sign when it comes to communication. So yeah. Interesting. Okay. And then Venus. So Venus. So when you're out in the dating game and you somehow get someone's location, time of day, blah, 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 all this stuff. Somehow, AKA Google. <laughs> <laughs> AKA maybe spread it over three dates. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> Work it into the conversation amongst yeah. other things. Do you want to have children? What are you looking for? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember saying to someone, because they hinted like where they were born. And I think it was like, like Southeast England, maybe I think it was Devon. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Because you were born in Devon. And he was like, no, I wasn't. And I was like, what? And I'd already done the chart and I'd already made up my mind. And I was like, what? <laughs> And he's like, oh, no, I was born and blah, 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 blah. Like I got it wrong. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, this could change everything. You're like, mental note, voice record. Literally. I wrote, I, wrote, I, wrote, I wrote the new location in my notes. And, yeah, I went home, redid it all. And I was like, it's not as favorable. Oh, dear. Oh, because it really? literally. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's the same country. And I know, like, my kingdom is not that big. But just the slightest change in location, it can really change significant parts of your chart. 
Interesting. Okay. Yes. So your Venus. So when you're out in the dating game, your Venus or where their Venus sign is, is so important. Like what zodiac sign falls in that planet and what does that all mean and which house as well? All of that means something. So Venus is, I guess you've guessed how, well, it's all about love, right? So Venus is that love planet, but it also talks about money as well because it's ruled by two zodiac signs. So it's ruled by Libra and Taurus. So Libra, like we said, sign of love and Taurus is about the finer things. I want to bring in the abundance. So you need to know how someone values money, how they value possessions and also their love style. So Rachel, tell me, it, so Venus is is love and finances, you just said. Yeah. So which is the least favorable sign to be there? Ooh, I wouldn't say there's ever a least favorable we have to be okay. fair to all the time. Well, I want to know who's going to be poor. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a thing? Can we tell that from a sign? Like if it's Venus and Taurus, that their love style is going to be more stable. But in terms of okay. their finances, they may love finer things, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be poor. Or doesn't you know mean that I mean? they can afford the finer things, I guess, That's right? It. Yeah. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. So it's harder. What you want to look at in terms of someone's going to be poor or not is like the Saturn. Like, are they going to be the big world leaders? Are they going to be Ooh. ambitious? That's what's going to give you the keys. But unfortunately, astrology is deliberately mystic to keep some of the mystery in there so that we can get to know people. But And so, not discredit everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, sorry, sorry. As I'm already going through my Rolodex. Ah, he's out, he's out. He's, no, just kidding. Just kidding. Oh my goodness. Okay, so so Venus is the love and then Mars yes. is? Mars is about like aggression. It's Ooh, okay. sex drive. It's Ooh. how you argue. So you want to pick a Mars that's, well, it depends on who you are. I personally, I wouldn't pick someone who had a fire sign in Mars because... It's ruled by Aries, as we were saying about the Mars retrograde. If you're someone who doesn't like confrontation that much in a relationship and you want to just keep it cool, you don't really want a fire sign in that planet. At the same time, you'd think water signs we've been talking about are the sensitive and safest inverted commas option. Like they don't like that much confrontation, but you know, they're not immune. They're still human beings, right? So for example, if you've got Mars in Cancer, okay, the person's not going to throw a plate at you, Hopefully, hopefully that doesn't happen to anyone. <laughs> and like the real housewives, does that right? happen? <laughs> right. But a Mars and cancer person, like the dark side of cancer is this kind of manipulative, passive aggressive kind of fighter. They're not going to tell you really to your face what's going on. You're going to have someone who's a bit sneaky. If someone's upset with you. Maybe they just won't show up for you. That's the kind of person you're going to get if you get someone who's got Mars and cancer. So there is no safe zodiac for that one. When someone's, you know, not happy, they're not happy. But at the same time, again, Mars in Cancer, okay, in a fight, maybe not so great. You're going to get someone who's a bit passive aggressive. But when it comes to sex drive now, you've got someone who's really going to make you the center of the whole session, the whole celebration, let's say. You're the center. They're really in tune with what you want, what you need. And they're probably the least sexual partner that you'll have. So, you know what I mean? The universe is always giving us this balance. You can't have it all wrapped up in perfect. Yes. There's always pros and cons to these placements. 
Yeah. Oh my and gosh, then- this is so fascinating. <laughs> yes. I wanted to give you actually a heads up. It on- is. I'm like, oh my gosh. I love it because it just, it makes it so much bigger than what's your star sign, right? Even bigger than what's your moon and what's your ascendant. Oh, for sure. Way bigger. Yeah, I just thought, you know, that you were, whatever month you were born in, that is what you are. But you explaining this, I'm like, and, and especially because these other signs show up so much for me. I mean, it is fascinating. Okay, so then what is what is Jupiter? So Jupiter is about, like, expansion. It's a very fortuitous planet. So it's like, basically, how lucky are you? Like, how much does fortune favor you? And then in what house? So we'll have a chat about the houses and the houses have their own themes as well. They talk about relationships, the way you deal with family, deep desires, dark habits that you have. Like that's also an important element as well. So that's ruled by Sagittarius, which is super adventurous, as we were saying. Sagittarius people have this really great high energy that my mom is one and she somehow has been lucky her whole life. She's just scrape through really random situations because she keeps this high energy and everything is energy in life, right? So she just keeps herself a very high positive energy and things just seem to happen for her. I'm learning. Uh (laughs) Like Uh a notebook for mom. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm learning the tricks. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's cool. Okay. Okay. And Saturn? So Saturn is the career planet. So we're talking about career, business, but it's also quite like a party pooper planet as well because it's ruled by Capricorn which is an earth sign which is so practical like Capricorns are about business and then if they are going to get personal it's close circle only and most likely they're family only they take no prisoners when it comes to their ambition and that is the energy of Saturn as well so depending on what again house and zodiac sign you're going to see what kind of person you're going to get. Strong signs like Capricorn, or Aries and Saturn, you're going to get someone who wants to be the leader of a country one day, for example. Like They're very serious about it. They take no prisoners and they're ready to go, whatever it takes. Even if it means sacrificing some relationships, it's quite a cutthroat planet. Interesting. Uh, if you get that kind of sign in there. So yeah, but the, the, I guess the turn, well, the bad turning for... Saturn is the fact that when it's in retrograde, then it causes us all sorts of problems. It puts limits on the same things that we're trying to achieve, these career, these business goals. Saturn in retrograde, again, depending on the energy, will just be like, oh, hey, hold on, actually. Stop. When Saturn is in retrograde, for example, in Capricorn, which it has been this year, everyone's dreams have been put on hold, right? Like I was waiting to turn permanent at my uh, day job. That was put on hold. Everyone else was put on hold. People ha- lost their jobs yes. because it was like, y- you know what I mean? So it's just mm-hmm. like, no, everything that you plan to do, just wait. You can plan in the background, but there's just no time for building right now. In the time span in which a, like a planet is in retrograde, mm-hmm. like how, how do, what dictates that? It dictates how long it takes to, for them to move in that particular sign. So it might be in that sign for a few weeks. It might be longer because each planet has its own kind of, let's say, speed. Typically, for example, Mercury and retrograde is only for about three weeks or so. So we're three right. Weeks too long. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, I know. Like I, I can't stand. I'm trying to, I think one person taught me like the trick with Mercury retrograde is to 
not be so scared and try and befriend it. Try and use the energy and Ah, make it... uh In your favor. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And with any planet in retrograde, there's also the pre-retrograde and post-retrograde. Oh, interesting. Okay. They're like shadow periods where Uh officially it won't be retrograde in that planet. But as soon as you reach the shadow phase, you might start noticing things are starting to not go so right. (laughs) Right? So in my retrograde, like even when it's not officially that date, things are already starting to not work out. Like flights are canceled already or you're already feeling a bit hot tempered or impatient. It's like dipping your toe into it. Like this is what's coming. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then there are times in a planetary retrograde where the energy is so intense that things really go wrong, particularly on that day. And then we go to the post-shadow period and then it finally becomes stationary and normal again and the energy just kind of smooths out. So, yeah. (laughs) Interesting. This is just crazy. Okay, what's Uranus then? Oh, I love Uranus. I love Uranus. It's all about evolution. It's the most rebellious planet in the solar system. It is. Okay. It is. So that was also retrograde this year. And this is what's made people really feel like, you know what? I'm sick of this. I'm sick of that. I want to really change everything in my life. Like I've had so many people completely up and change their relationship, their partners, their job, where they live, regardless of a pandemic or not. So when Uranus is in charge, I would say it's when you're going to go into the next 2.0 version of your life. Like, what are you releasing to then step into this better version and transform? Mm. So that's what, yeah, that's what lovely Uranus is about. Okay. Okay. And Neptune? So Neptune is an interesting one. So it's both about like dreaming and fantasies. Like what is your, your, like your career aspirations, for example, that could be an example. Or what do you, are you even a daydreamer? It can even tell you that depending on what sign and house you're in, but also about illusion. Like what causes confusion for you, for example. So yeah, it's, it's one of the darker signs. And interesting enough, now that we're going through the solar system, we're entering one of the most darker signs, which is Pluto. Oh, and so, okay. So I thought Pluto wasn't, I mean, when you, when you go to like elementary school, you know, at first you learn the planets and then yeah. I thought at one point, I mean, obviously recently it, it became not a planet anymore. Did I make that up? I've heard something like that or they added an extra one and I just, oh, Let's just and stick they're to what throwing we know. us off this game here. Okay. Yeah, so, and but, but for the case of this, we, we still consider it a planet. Yes. Okay. 100%. So Pluto, the tiny little baby thing, poor thing out there in the cold, <laughs> is <laughs> so sad. Like everyone else is having fun. There are big, big Jupiters, all orangey and whatever. And it's like, oh, I am Pluto. Poor thing. Poor, poor Pluto. Thing. Yeah. So Pluto is all about like fears and limitations. This is why people quite, they kind of fear this planet when it comes up in the chart. Like, oh God, like what are you going to tell me that? Yeah, well, maybe I- it's good it's small then. <laughs> yeah. But it has a lot of energy, though, because it is creep up on us. That's our, part of our shadow self. And we can't be anything without our shadow self. We need both our shadow self and our less shadow, our brighter self that we are proud to show each other, show other people. Mm-hmm. So we need to know what these darker inner beliefs are so that we know who we can be with. This is a really good planet to focus on and just be like, okay, so what sign fits in there. So in my own chart, Pluto is in Scorpio and a sixth house for me, right? So sixth house is is about wellness and it's about taking care of your routine, etc. So I 
I have this fear actually that, and because I'm on my dad's side, there's so many people with like diabetes on my mum's side, those people have high blood pressure. So not being well and healthy is like quite a deep fear for me. And it's something that I've had to try and balance and not be over neurotic about. Mm-hmm. but also still live a healthy life. Okay, so can I ask you, before you were so proficient on your birth chart, did mm-hmm. you already have those feelings and then just kind of going through the birth chart just validated, okay, this is where that's coming from? Yeah, and I think like most of all, I had these things in my birth chart and I had quite a critical family growing up. Like every, I was one of the youngest, so it was very much like picking at me, which was harmless. Like I don't think anyone meant any harm, but it did affect me a lot where I thought there was a lot of things like just weird about my personality. Well, why am I so intense about this? And why am I like this? And blah, 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 blah. And like with healthy things, like I was just super like OCD about things and things had to be clean and And it just made sense. And learning about your birth chart can be one of the most freeing things, like dating aside or not, you get to really be like, wow, this is just how I was born. And this is the dice that the universe rolled for me and I'm going to make it work for me. Yeah. Well, it's also just getting to know yourself better. And I feel like too, when you, I feel like I, I'll speak for myself, like I go through different phases with dating. So sometimes I'm really into it and I'm like, okay, I'm going to put myself out there. I feel good. Like I've done all this work on myself and I'm just ready to see what's out there. And then there's other times where I'm like, oh, I'm a little bit more closed off to the possibilities. And I kind of get into my head a little bit, but I think As you're doing the work to help you get to a place where you can be out there, this Mm -hmm. is super helpful because it's kind of like the why. And there's a lot to be also learned about yourself through this validation and stuff. Okay, so what is the last one? The North Node? Oh, yeah. I love the North Node. Like, it's so good. I've never heard of this in my (laughs) 39 years of life. I've never heard of the North Node. Tell me, what is it? So the North Node is paired with the South Node. So they're complete polar opposites and they're celestial bodies. So the North Node represents what your soul came to this lifetime to basically learn. So it's something that you personally find right now that's out of your comfort zone. What did you come to learn? How are you going to evolve into that next version of yourself? That's what your North Node is. And if you have a look at the planet in there, we'll tell you a little bit about what's going on in there. What have you come to to come and share with us and, and grow into? Uh-huh. And then your South Node is completely the opposite. So that's what you already brought into this lifetime that you had in the past time. That's your, Ooh. yes. Okay, yeah. okay. That's I don't your, see that on my chart. It Yeah. Is, so, is that a normal thing or is it you have it de- to dig a little bit deeper? Yeah. So it depends on how comprehensive charts are. So it's not a necessarily bad thing. Some charts have extra things that I'm going to give you as a nice bonus that are also really, really important as well. But it, yeah, it just depends on the astrologer's style, how they want to do it. They could, I know for some sites, for example, they want to keep it like, oh, you want to know the extra bit? Well, that's $100. You know what yeah. I mean? So... <laughs> <laughs> they want to keep a little bit secret. So, so right. So North South Node, that's so your bread and butter, your comfort zone, what you came into this life to share with everyone else. There's also Chiron. I love this story. So Chiron's an asteroid. Okay. And the whole story about this. So Chiron is this asteroid. And in Greek mythology, 
Apollo taught Chiron, all of these kind of healing, more ways of healing people, right? So he got, had it as like a superpower. So he was able to heal everyone except himself. And so Chiron- Everybody yeah. but himself. Okay. Exactly. And if you think about like healers today, healers always have a traumatic story. Like I don't know one healer that hasn't come to that profession because they've had a really lovely cookie cutter, simple life. Like something has been like the catalyst to make them think, oh my God, like I want this to be my profession and transforming other people. So, so that asteroid was named after Chiron and nicknamed the wounded healer. So that particular, whatever energy or star sign or sorry, zodiac sign even is in that placement, like you're going to know what that wound is for you, depending on where the house sits, for example. So mine is Chiron and Cancer in the second house. So my second house or everyone's second house, I should say, is about personal finances. So material possessions, etc. And Growing up, that really was a struggle for my mom. She looked after my, myself and my brother on her own. And the idea of having a house that you owned and having a lot of money was just this far distant thing. It was always kind of honed into us either directly or subconsciously. Life is hard. Getting money is hard. Getting this, owning your own house is something that's far-fetched really you really have to work for it and even if you work super hard you may not get it and when I went through my mom's chart she has the same placement so it's something that's just inherited Uh but something like that you can look in your chart and be like wow I need to really work on how I look at money and how I can completely cut that cord and just forget about that inheritance and build a whole new chain because after us, there are going to be many, many, many lives, right? And it's up to you to break that chain. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's your responsibility to, yeah, to break it. Okay. So explain to me what the houses are. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Have I done all of the, I'm just thinking all the asteroids. There are a couple more asteroids. Oh, there are. Okay. There are a couple, well, a couple more celestial bodies. So we've got the midheaven, which is about your life goal and aspirations. Okay. And then I think my new favorite, actually, I know I said Kyron was my favorite, but there's several favorites, was your fortune or your fortuna. And that's your greatest joy in life. What is that for you? It's do you know what I mean? Like these, these are really interesting things that how you can never really know someone enough until you deep dive and look in what's going on under the surface. Cause there's a lot, there's a lot. Yeah. So, so that for you, does that ring true? What about the Chiron and cancer? No, about, about the, the, what's the one that you just said? The Midheaven and the Fortuna? Yes, yes. Yes. So my Fortuna is in 6,000 Scorpio. So that is all about using sexual energy. Now, I know people think of sex as just about sex, but it's the same chakra. The same sexual energy you find in your body is the same part of your body where you'll find um, your creative energy, which Mm. is your second chakra. And people think, okay, well, it's your sexual energy is just for sex. Actually, if you do have a high sexual energy, you can transform that into creativity. That's wow. what, yeah, that's what Kundalini focuses on as well. So it's all about like, if you do meditation and breath work, 
the Kundalini teacher will be like, okay, squeeze your sex on uh, sex organs, anus, rectum, and you hold it because that's you holding a really powerful part of the chakra and all the energy is just building up that way. So it's very important, important part of your body and important chakra and, and the energy that you need to be able to use really wisely in life because yeah, it does have a lot of power and can do a lot of things. You look amazed. I love My it. My mind is blown. I'm like, <laughs> how have I been going through life and not recognizing there was this whole new world that I had no idea about. And I'm just very impressed that you just know all this off head. I mean, it is just wild to me. But I mean, I guess like once you start to learn it, it, it becomes like like repetition, right? Because you start to remember certain traits and and then also what pairs well together and what doesn't. And then you just kind of sort of begin to like rattle it off. I mean, it's it's quite fascinating. It's good. (laughs) Like learning that, like I already felt that like using the sexual energy for transforming things into like for spiritual purposes, that already resonated. So learning that, I was like, yeah. There are things you just know about yourself, right? And then you read them and you're like, yeah, this makes sense. This is why I am who I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. So houses, right? So, okay. So first house is all about yourself, who you are. You're like who you truly are. And it also talks about like your physical appearance, your temperament as well. It's just your main essence, a bit like the star sign, right? Mm -hmm. One thing I'll say about houses is sometimes you'll just have houses empty, and normally you have houses that are empty. Like uh, I think the common thing is three to five. You have houses three to five empty. Sometimes it, there are different houses. I have about four houses empty, which they in in themselves, the fact that they're empty also means something. So oh, okay, it, there's it, no squatters in there. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hopefully, you have to kick them out if they're in there. But oh my gosh, okay. So empty houses means like, not that, for example, if it's your relationship house, doesn't mean that you're never going to have a relationship, right? It just means that for you, relationships and partnerships aren't important unless it's the real deal. You may not necessarily be into flings. You just want someone Uh who shows you that loyalty and stability that you're looking for. And then you're like, cool, this is important. Otherwise, you're busy building an empire, for example. You don't have time for this. Yeah. So second house is personal finances, like we touched on. Then we've got third house, which is communication style, which is really important. Like if you're dating Uh someone, how do they communicate? Fourth is like your perception of home and family, another key one. So if you've got like quite a flighty sign in perception of home and family, you could have a problem if you're looking to settle down with five kids in a house and you're not going to have someone who really wants that. Maybe they want it short term, but you know, you really to, you have to both be aligned to make that work. Fifth house is about your pleasure, creativity, joy, your passions. So some astrologers do feel like that does include sex. It depends what someone's passion is. If it is, then great. But if not, it could be being an artist, traveling, etc. So again, placements will tell you what that is. And your sixth house, again, we touched on is about wellness, personal hygiene, trying not to be too OCD if it is in a, in a, Virgo, for example, if it's in your Virgo, if it's got a Virgo zodiac in the house, then yeah, just be careful you don't overdo it. Yeah, we're we're something sometimes, aren't we? It's got to be clean, (laughs) right? Seventh house is like marriage and committed relationships. So that will tell you a little bit about your 
dating prospects, past relationships as well. Like what's going on in there? Like if, for example, you've got like a Scorpio sign in the seventh house, it's like, hmm, have you been 100% faithful in your relationships? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Are you okay. quite secretive in a relationship? Are you going to let me in? Your eighth house is about intimacy. Also a bit about the dark side of you, I guess. So I've done, or I've seen, I should say, the eighth house sitting with Scorpio and Pluto as well. And it's just like, it's quite a dark placement. What are some of those person's habits? Are they quite conventional, unconventional? So yeah, the more you deep dive, you'll, you'll find out some interesting things about yourself. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, now I want to go find everybody's birthdays and yes. their time of birth and, and where they were born. And I want to just start plugging away. <laughs> yeah. What's so funny, like, looking at this and looking at my own and it was just talking about oh at work you may always be the person to try and make new rules and like upturn society's like oh my god yes yeah that is me and again you may not think or you may not think that the way you are is ultimately correct because everyone's telling you that it's wrong but actually it's just who you are and then maybe you're not just fit for that particular work maybe you're supposed to be your own entrepreneur, CEO, who knows? So Ninth House is about your personal philosophy and spirituality and normally about discovering what spirituality means for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe religion, if that's something that's really a key part of someone's life. And then we've got the Tenth House, which is your social status. So if you've got, for example, Capricorn, who feels like they're a very important leader already, you've got someone who already, they want to be really respected by everyone. They'll do anything it takes to be respected in, in even to the extent of keeping enough appearances because they want everyone to make sure that they understand that they've got their stuff together. So that's quite important for them if that's the, if that's the placement in someone's chart. Eleventh house is like house of friends and goals, hopes and dreams, quite a nice house. Twelfth house is about your shadow house, your isolation sorrow. So I don't know if you've seen the correlation of when we've gone through the planets and when we've gone through the houses, it gets a bit darker towards the end, right? There's always this kind of, and if you look at like the placements of the planets, again, Pluto is on its own tiny little thing cold. It's like all the heat from the sun, which is burning full of this positive energy to like the colder one. Saturn again is quite further down in the line and that's more serious planet. So I hope this is... It's fascinating. (laughs) It's mind-blowing. But I I have like a totally bizarre, funny question. Okay. Okay, So when we we say the word house, I'm thinking like Mm -hmm. traditional house. For some reason in my head, I have like the little monopoly houses in mind. But but I mean, like in this term, like like physically speaking, I mean, I Mm -hmm. obviously have a visualization because I did the planets and made them out of styrofoam balls when I was younger. But like, (laughs) what do the houses look like? So the houses don't really look like anything. Oh, they're just, it's just (laughs) like a figure of whatever. It's just mythical. Yeah. So it's like, it's basically like, I don't know if you've ever used like an astrology app where you're kind of looking into the stars and, um, like all on an app, right? And you can see like the grids and all of that stuff to try and help you. Imagine like the houses sit within these grids. They're kind of like grid lo- grid coordinates for the okay. universe. Okay. okay. And that's what all the houses are. 
Got it. Okay. So it's not like Park Place and <laughs> no, <it's okay. laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm like, I wonder what that house looks like. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get two hundred dollars if you pass go. No, none I know. Of that. Okay, Sorry. bummer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. No, it just makes me want to just read more, learn more, and then also kind of like take the core people in my life and figure out how they fit into the puzzle and then why we're so harmonious. So so I have a gay husband. His name is A.A. Ron. And he's like, I always say he's like truly my soulmate. Like right. he, he just is. He just happens to be married to a man. But I'm like dying to do hit I'm like when we're done with this I'm going to ask him for his birth time and where he was born and I'm going to like do our charts and and just see because we just have a harmonious relationship like everything just fits together mm-hmm. so perfectly it's funny I bet if you compared yours, like it would probably be a perfect match, but unfortunately, I know. I mean, yeah. Josh is used to me trying to, you know, snatch him away. (laughs) That's his husband. He's like, whatever. (laughs) He don't like what you got, okay? I'm like, I know. But yeah, I mean, he is just like so sweet. I mean, even last night, he sent me the sweetest text. I was going out last night and he said something like, be safe and be beautiful. Oh, <laughs> like, I, like, right? I'm like, oh, you're just the best. So I got to find, I got to find the straight version of his yeah. birth chart. And then I will like have s- struck gold. So let me tell you this. Let me leave you with this one. So all of these astrology, like you're going to be able to really deep dive into people in a way that you've never have before. So on top of that, there's also like moon phases. So the full moon and new moon. So new moon is all about manifesting things. Like this is about writing like a manifestation wish list and being like, look, the universe, please, I'm serious about this. And the universe is a bit hard at hearing because it's just like, oh, okay, are you sure you want this? You really have to every new moon, hey, I want this. I'm serious about this. I'm really serious. And I'd be like, oh, oh, okay, fine. I heard you were serious. Like I heard you this time. So it will give you what you want. And, and the reason why I'm saying this is because it took me really like bargaining with the universe with my rose quartz crystal and just being like, look, I really want love, like proper, unconditional love, like no more weirdos anymore. I had a whole year of like, the most beautiful, intelligent, ambitious men who were all emotionally bankrupt. And I said at the end of, yeah, at the end of, what was it, 2018? I said, universe, that's it. Like, can you just, I want someone real. I don't want this bankruptcy stuff. Like I'm ready for real love. And I feel like really connecting with the universe that way, knowing all of this astrology stuff, you, for example, got someone who you really feel it would be a perfect match for you, but in a heterosexual version tell the universe that, like, look, I want all of these qualities. I want this, that, this, this. You don't necessarily have to go through the houses and planets in that detail, but if you're that clear cut about what you want and what you definitely don't want, it's going to come through because, as I said before, everything is energy. All the, the planets in the universe, we're all intertwined. Like, it's, it's all made in our favor if we know how to really utilize the energy. So for anyone out there as well, write your list and get serious with the universe and say, look, I'm serious. And the universe will throw you a few 
trick practice runs to see if you really were serious a or not. A few, girl. I feel like the universe has been throwing me <laughs> <laughs> tricks for about nine years, okay? But here's the thing. Like, this is wild. So I have, like, goosebumps listening to you talk because I am huge in manifestation and giving things to the universe and the universe delivering. Now, I feel like I have a superpower in a lot of things, like a lot of areas of my life. And I know when I'm out of tune with it. This, the last couple weeks, so I was really in tune with it. And when I say in tune, I mean, I would think about something and then it would Mm -hmm. literally happen. Or I would think about somebody that Mm -hmm. I hadn't talked to in a really long time. And then that person would text me, call me Mm -hmm. something, reach out to me in some way, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's when I know I'm like in sync. When like those things that are happening that they're not really coincidences, you could call them a coincidence, but they're really not. They're an intention you're putting out there and it's coming back to you, right? Exactly. But I've always felt like there was a block in in why. So two things I I caught from what you said. One, a good time to really hone in on that is a new moon. Oh, yeah. I've never paid attention to that. I Tell me what a new moon is. And I mean, I know we had a blue moon, but like yes. all I can think about that is the beer with the orange. And, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's not what they're talking about. But you know what I mean? I'm like a blue moon. Okay. And also with that saying, once in a blue moon. Yes. Okay, but tell me what a new moon is and when can I find one? Yes. <laughs> when will it be back? Two weeks time. Two weeks time? Okay. Yes. So we are, so the full moon, it's so crazy. A full moon on Halloween hasn't happened in years. That was quite rare because the werewolves and I was busy howling yesterday in the street like a weird. My partner was like, please stop this weird. Were you? I mean, that's a thing. Okay. I mean, (laughs) it is a thing. And he's like, yeah, just please don't. Please not today. Just just rein it in for one day. (laughs) But I love this. Okay. Yeah. So new moons are, so they're the beginning of the cycle, right? And a new moon you can't physically see. It's just hiding. And that's where, if you think about like manifestation and like getting goals together, when people are building and working on their goals, they're in the background, they're at home. They're not out there hidden working Mm, on their stuff. And mm -hmm. that's kind of symbolic of how you can't see the new moon. So it's every two weeks. And then after that, it's another two weeks for the full moon, which is about releasing all of the negativity and anything that doesn't serve you. And the universe is kind enough to do that every two weeks. Like you just get to refresh ah, that again. Interesting. There's uh-huh. always another chance. If you don't get to manifest what you did that new moon, you just roll it over. Yeah. And I have been for nine years. So... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I also want to talk about this list you mentioned and really having a discussion with the universe and and Mm -hmm. being intentional about what you want. Now, so there's two types of people in this world. There There is a type of person who makes a list and then goes, oh, he's not six foot two, he's off, okay, which is not what I'm trying to do. When I create a list, my ideal behind that is I am saying, universe, if this this is what I would like to attract, but if mm-hmm. it comes back and that six two is actually five eight, but everything else is in line, like I'm golden, okay? Yeah. Like we're we're all good. We're copacetic here. Like let's let's go. Right. But when you say get specific, like tell me what you mean by that. 
So when I say get specific, so I have a really big affinity, like my partner is Italian. I have a really big affinity with people who are Mediterranean, Latin American. Maybe there's something in my past life. I don't know, but I love everything about their culture, the people, everything. So I started really big, right? I started with the funnel, like this, the, the width of the world. I was like, anyone, then <laughs> anyone <Bueller. will> <laughs> literally. <laughs> Then I got anyone. The universe uh-huh. like, oh, you don't care. Okay, cool. Here's this person. He's awful. Here's another one. I was like, oh, I don't like that. How about we narrow it a little bit more? And then I really realized dating around, like I tried, like, for example, this nationality thing. I did try and date someone British, like proper British from England. For people who can't see me, I'm half Ghanaian, half Jamaican. So even though I was born here with this crazy accent, like my culture is just wild. It's colorful. It's loud. And I just happen to live here in London where everything's so reserved. <laughs> and right. right. So English people naturally are quite reserved people. So I did give it a go because my best friend um, is now engaged to an English guy. She's like, give it a go. They're great. And I was like, all right, fine. It didn't work out clearly because it just wasn't for me. Like I was busy saying these really random Spanish words and the guy was just like, huh? I played him. <laughs> like, oh, let's let's go to Mexico. And he's like, nah, I just want, no, you have to go with yeah. what you like. And you have to tell the universe what you like. Like if, again, another specific thing is if you want someone who has money, like we were talking about the money thing, don't hold back from that. You need someone who has money because that's what you want. Because ultimately, we're only here for a little while. It's not that long. Why would you half-ass it and be like, oh, I don't really mind? Well, live your best life. I want someone who's really, really wealthy. Go for it. And it's, it doesn't come from a bad place. I know some people feel like, oh, I don't want to seem vain. Also, I ask the universe, can you give me someone who I look at like my my analogy of someone who's really beautiful for me is someone where we're on a 12 hour flight halfway across the world. Your teeth aren't brushed. You've got yesterday's plaque between your gums. You're <laughs> like, you're knackered. Yeah. You've also uh-huh. got yesterday's knickers on because you haven't changed. You're on a plane. Your hair's a mess. And you look over and you're like, wow, my partner is so beautiful. That's what I wanted. And that doesn't have to be a supermodel. It just has to be someone who is just beautiful, like just a beautiful person who I really find attractive. It's like timelessly attractive. And I got that. Like that, my partner's beautiful. I love him. You've got to find someone who you don't get tired of looking at because this world is so competitive in terms of looks and this and that. And there's always going to be someone more better looking, but you better find someone you're attracted to because you're doing both of yourselves a disservice. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so that I got very specific about the fact that I needed someone whose family really loved me. So I had an ex where that was not the case when I was doing the funnel, like (laughs) hundred feet wide. I was like, yeah, anything, I don't care. And his mom hated me. And I didn't really even think about that as something important because it was, I was quite young, but at the same time, marriage and all that wasn't really something I was looking at so closely at that time. So it didn't even cross my mind to ask the university and make sure their family are not Satan. So (laughs) she really was the worst potential mother-in-law I've ever had. So you have to go through, the thing is, you have to go through the bad experiences to then be like, universe, don't you dare bring me that again. So it's all mm-hmm. part of the process and you literally just have to trust it because it is your best friend. It wants you to have the best, but it also needs you to tell you tell it what to do. 
Right. That's all it knows. It doesn't really know right or wrong. It just knows what you said you wanted. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh, well, it just makes me want to reevaluate my list. And so I I have my list dated when I first created it. And then mm-hmm. I revised it to say like all of this are better. Right. But I think as I've dated and been in this kind of like process of of being single and like finding myself and and learning more about what really matters in life. Mm-hmm. The characteristics of what I'm asking for are pretty vague. Mm-hmm. Like I want mm-hmm. somebody who I can have fun with or who has a good sense of humor and can make me laugh, but like that like it's not very specific in that. So I don't know, do I need to hone in and and make it more specific for example if you're saying you want someone who makes you laugh get quite specific in those examples like I want someone who for example in the worst situations can really bring me up and make me laugh and I want someone who can make me laugh and also doesn't take himself too seriously but when serious things come up they can be serious do you know what I mean because if you're like I want someone who can make me laugh you could get someone who's just not serious at all they might be committed but they're just not sure which I think I've definitely had (laughs) so Someone who can make you laugh, fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> or are they, I want someone who can make me laugh. They're also really committed to having a good family life. And they use humor to, they use humor to, to better themselves. Like they look at something a little bit lightheartedly. They're not overcritical in themselves. But at the same time, they always make me laugh, but they would never make me laugh and, and basically point, uh, make fun of someone else. They're quite sensitive. Mm-hmm like have a real narrative and it sounds so nitty gritty, but the universe is so literal. It's like, but you said, you said you wanted that. So why Mm. are you mad at me, Erin? Like, that's what you said you wanted. (laughs) (laughs) You said you wanted this. Yeah, no, for sure. Oh my gosh. That is so great. Okay. And then you also mentioned your rose quartz. So I have received rose quartz as a gift from a couple different people because I know it's supposed to attract love, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there are lots of similar crystals to rose quartz that are about love, but I feel like rose quartz is like the primary one. If you're into crystals, one of the main first crystals anyone ever buys is a rose quartz. It's just one of those first ones you go to because it's such a universal stone. When I was bargaining with the universe and these new moons and sitting in the dark with the candles on and the neighbors wondering what's going on next door... Is she a witch or <laughs> about gonna, to get it on? <laughs> is she about to burn the house down? Because what's happening? She keeps burning things every two weeks. When the moon comes exactly out. <laughs> like what's happening. So, I would sit with my crystal, like you cleanse crystals all the time, right? Some are self-cleansing. Well, you do. I didn't know I was supposed to. Yes. So you need to cleanse them because they are they absorb energy. Okay. And you need to keep them fresh. So some people do it every day. Uh-huh. Some people, like sometimes you'll just, once you get a crystal, you'll develop a relationship with it and it may feel a bit off energetically and then you know where to clean it. If someone else touches your crystal, you need to clean it afterwards because they've ultimately charged it. If they've held it, if they've held it, they've charged it with their energy and it's yours. So you've got to be like, okay, thanks. Give that back. Let me mm-hmm. clean it. <laughs> it's mine again. 
Wait, okay, what did you do with your crystal? Did you carry it with you or did oh, yeah. you put it in? Oh, you did. Okay. So oh, I yeah. have a sad story. I misplaced, like, just like I misplaced my ballot, <gasps> I misplaced my rose quartz for a while. I know. Isn't that terrible? So, so this is sad. I know. So then I went and I bought another one because I okay. was like, oh, I should replace it. But then I found the other one and now I have them together. But. Good. Because I'm a Virgo and I'm a weirdo, I have it in this cute little teeny tiny Ziploc bag and I put it in like my purse sometimes when I go out. But mm-hmm. I feel like I've been mistreating my crystals. I haven't been cleansing them and I okay. don't always take it with me. Right. So I take mine out a lot as well, like a, a variety of different ones. So that's really good because that makes you develop the relationship with the crystal. It needs to bounce off your energy and become yours and know how to serve you properly. But don't feel bad. You can definitely start cleansing them now. And there are lots of different ways. So some crystals, I primarily wash mine in water, to be honest. It's water and then I'd say sage as well. So if you burn sage to cleanse them, or incense. So like cleansing smoke is really great for crystals. The water side comes from the fact that we have this cat who likes to put his chocolate bum on our crystals, which sit by the windowsill and they need to just be washed with soap. So, so I, yeah, I give them a bit of a like antibacterial wash sometimes just to make sure I'm going to cat things on there. But yeah, you can definitely use smoke. You can also use intention. You can use breath. If you're, if or anyone listening is Reiki trained, you can put the channel Reiki energy into your crystals to cleanse them. That's a really quick way to do it. You can also put them in the earth. Like if you've got a plant pot, you can just pop it in there overnight, take it out, clean. And also there are other crystals that can cleanse other crystals. So a selenite, which is at least in the UK, they're really quite economic. And just pop into a crystal shop and ask for a selenite. And it's this gorgeous kind of white, kind of like moonstone kind of finish on there, but it's not a moonstone. It's kind of like like an opaly kind of color. And that next to other crystals cleanses the other crystal. So lots of different ways and you can start whenever. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm going to start today. Go for it. <laughs> I'm going to give my crystals some respect Mm -hmm. and I'm going to cleanse them and then I'm going to start treating them properly. I'm going to bargain with the universe and give them a much more honed in, super thought out, intentional list of what I really want. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to deliver it when we get the new moon. Right. Wonderful. Oh my gosh. And then we're going to chat again and I'm going to tell you what happens after I I know everybody's birth chart. I mean, this is amazing. Just send out a survey. <laughs> Please fill out the survey and then you know everyone's. I know. Oh my gosh. Well, I am pretty good at like Googling people. So truth be told before this, I did go on and I did look up a crush's sign and it was like the universe was probably talking to me because you used a potential or used used his sign as an example. Mm-hmm. He is a Gemini. And then you talked about a Gemini and a Virgo. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. oh no. I was like, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> that was no, for me. Oh my yeah. gosh. It's, yeah. I mean, like we said, the whole chart is important, but you know that it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a hard one, but you know, the whole chart can be completely like, if he's got a really dominant other sign that's compatible, it's a win. Like yeah. if you are, so say for example, cancer, cancer is just one of those signs that even though it's a water sign and maybe not as hardcore as Capricorn Aries, 
if you've got a lot of cancer in your chart, that can override a lot of other energies in there and you can embody like the characteristics of a cancer. So give it a go. I'd still give it a go, but you find out that chart. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so crazy. I will. I will find it out. Oh my gosh. Okay. So if my listeners want to get in touch with you, how do they find you? What's your website? What's your Instagram? All that good stuff. Oh, wonderful. So my Instagram handle is the Healing Rose Holistics. And I've got a website which is a similar name. So thehealingroseholistics.com. Definitely get in touch. Even if it's just for a chat, I'd love to hear from you. I know there's so many of you all over the world. And I'll, I mean, look at this connection. London, I LA. Know. I love it. And if I could hop on a plane tomorrow and come see you in person, I would. Please do. But you will be trapped here until we're out of lockdown. That might not be a bad thing. I mean, but I don't know that the proper Englishman is right for me either. I tried that too. I was in London for six months and I ended up with an Australian. I'm like, how does this work out? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, but that's not how it's supposed to happen. It's supposed to fall for the guy of the country. Right. I I was like, oh, whoops. But, you know, worse things could happen. (laughs) I'm just a sucker for an accent. So, yeah. Oh my gosh, Rachel. Rachel, thank you so much. Thank you. This was awesome. So good to speak to you. It was. Had so much fun. Oh, me too. Thanks so much for tuning in to your Such a Catch. You guys, watch out. My Rose Quartz is cleansed. Ooh, ooh, big things are going to happen. I feel it. I feel it. I don't know if you feel it. I feel it. If you decide to put some astrology in play in your life, I want to hear all about it. So hit me up at erinatyoursuchacatch.com. Would love to hear how you put this into practice. If you want to join the 30 Days of Gratitude Challenge, um, hop on over to my website. You'll see a cute little calendar where each day we'll do a different gratitude, you know, If you've been following my journey, you know I love to write my daily gratitudes, but this is kind of taking it to the next level. And there is something about having a grateful heart that just not only makes you feel good, but just putting that positive energy back into the universe, only good things can come from it. All right, you guys, thank you so much. And I am grateful for all of you. So thank you so much for tuning in and we'll chat next week.